0: of today's lesson is that God created everything <clears throat> under their uh, under the uh, central truth it says every one and everything have been created by God this lesson really kind of it's more of a covers a scope of what God has done as far as creation is concerned and in this in these these uh, it could bleed into yeah it goes into the next uh, next week also so really getting into him as creator. I mean, we know him as savior, right? We know him as redeemer. We know him as deliverer. We know him um, uh, for all of these titles, but he's also creator, right? And from a uh, biological standpoint, uh, and from obviously a universal standpoint, he's the creator of it all. And, And I think this is a This is an aspect that we can actually be in awe of that you can actually sit and think about and meditate on and just let it kind of blow your mind like every time you read and you think about the things that he's done so this is what this lesson is for is to kind of take us through the creation aspect of it and do recognize him as creator he is um, he is Savior Jesus um, the great planner i always looking at him as the great planner i mean he sent his son to die for us um but when if you track it back to when it was prophesied and um you know what happened with the fall of man and then you track the the prophecy and what god had said and track it all the way up to when he was actually born I and mean, you talk about some planning I and mean, you talk about putting some things in place that nobody else could do and so um to see his uh, ability to create things, I I, had, I attribute those things together. I look at him as his creator, and the ability to create uh, the, these masterful plans to get things done. I mean, and the, you got to think, you got to think about this. I'll put this out there, and then we'll go. Um, the same type of planning that you know that it took to get his son into the world to make sure that you could access the throne. It that that mind. The mind of God comes the same plan to get you out of where you're at right now you got you think about that it come from the same mind so you sometimes we wonder God where are you at what are you doing where are you are you gonna be here for me Are you gonna get me out of this well just rest assured that that same mind that planned all that up for thousands of years to make sure it got done so you could come back to him you think you're a little stint you're dropping the bucket, is anything for him? Yeah. Nope, not even an effort. So when I say that he's he's got a plan, oh yeah, he's got a plan, all right. And he's not straining very hard to get it done. I just wanna let you know that tonight, you've forgotten that that masterful worker, the, the, the God of heaven and the God of earth, the one who planned all of these things out is still planning out things for your life right now. And if you're in something or involved in something or, or tied to something or engulfed in something that's bound you or got you um, uh, covered uh, maybe to the point where you're wondering where God's at same planning has gone into your life also to get you out of that so rest assured you can you can take a you can take a rest you can take exhale anyone do that <sighs> you can make an exhale this morning because God's in control so under let's get started it says when you, we look at the beauty and order of creation we can see the hand of God in undeniable ways. Whether we are watching the ocean break against the rocks or gently roll up onto the beach, surveying the earth's landscape from the top of a mountain or seeing the tiny fingers and toes of a newborn baby, we can observe the creativity of Almighty God at work. I was, well, you know, standing on the shore when we were on vacation, and you know, I mean, I don't know how many of you, and maybe most of you, have, and just standing on the beach and feeling the the waves hit and then pull the pull the sand away and you sink a little lower. You sink a little lower, and I just I was just kind of blown away by the creation of it all. I mean, you when you look at those kind of things, the vastness of it, and the waves, and the and all the things that it, you think, man, this is this is some pretty amazing stuff. And I know there's things that some of you have seen that I've never seen before that you attribute to God, but just seeing the creativity of it all, just just the creativity of it all. My daughter, um, Ryden, she likes to paint, and she comes up with some pretty interesting stuff. She brings us little portraits and stuff. I think, man, that's pretty amazing. I mean, you thought of that, and you actually was able to, to put it on on a, on a little bitty canvas there and, and relay that to us. And I could see what you were thinking, and I think that's pretty creative. You did a really good job. But when you look at the ocean, and you look at things like that, and you look at the creation, you think, wow, this is your, this is your creation. You created this. This come from your imagination. Mm-hmm. You imagined this. You were you were in creative form, and I don't know what it looked like exactly, but you kind of just think of a, like a, I don't know, like a brush. Like God's holding a brush, and He's like, mm, let's do this, and let's do this, and let's put some waves here, and and uh, not only that, but it's going to operate this way, and it's going to be able to bring rain over here, and how? It blows me away. It's deep. It starts getting really deep into things. Thing, his creativity. And so, when you start really getting yourself involved in that, I start dismissing myself from even being able to understand it. Because some of the smartest people on the face of the planet today are still trying to make sense of it all. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's funny, too, because the only reason that they're even smart, their intelligence comes from God. Yeah. I mean, He's the one that created that. It's like there's no escaping it. There's no escaping the creativity of God. It's right there. I mean, so, you, so everything that, which is the lesson today, is everything has been created by Him everything all right so as the final piece of his creative work he made humanity in his image that special distinction makes it possible for us to live in a relationship with him even after creation was marred by sin God loved us so much that he made a uh, made a way for us to enter back into that close trusting worship worshipful relationship so sign of his love a sign of his love is that you can even talk to him Just that alone. That alone. Just and and I know that we could go to a lot of different directions. You could say, "Well, he gave us forgiveness." Yeah, I I know all that. But what I'm saying is, is a sign of His love is the fact that you're even able to speak to Him today. That you can come to His throne the moment you close your eyes, mind you, close your eyes and reach for Him. He's there. He's right there. Now that's creative. That's creative. That was his plan the whole time was make sure that, that you and him had a, had a constant relationship. And so a sign of his love for you and I is that we're able to speak with him. So if you ever had a doubt about that you know, I mean not, not even the fact that he, whether he answers your prayer or not the way that you want it answered, because I think we get really tied up in that is well he didn't do this and you see a lot of bitter people because they think they or think they have or say they have pray to God and he didn't answer their prayer. The mere fact that we're even able to approach the throne, to petition says more than I'll ever need to know. That alone is enough. So well, he didn't answer my prayer though. Uh, you, might wanna, you might wanna take a step back and rethink that. The fact that you can come before him and even give a petition? Because that's not, I mean, that's not even supposed to be allowed you know, in, in, the, in those kingdoms and for old time kings. Uh, there was appointments, and there had to be a special scenario for you to be able to come before the king. And so, for you and me, is, is um messed up as we are, can I say that? Yeah. As messed up as we are? And he says, yeah, come. Like, but I've, I've got issues. No, it's, it's fine. Come on. Talk to me. What's going on? Tell me about your day. How have you been? That's how, that's how God looks at it. And I love, I love that about him. I love it. In an orderly process covering six days, God created the heavens and the earth and all there is, including the human race. He was satisfied with the goodness of his creation, but he was not satisfied to keep it to himself. God made people in his own image to care for his creation, to build lives and families together, and most importantly, to enjoy walking with him in a daily relationship. God wants us to live. Not only does he want us to live, but he wants us to enjoy life. You agree with that? But at the same time, it's also enjoying life within the parameters of what he has created. Um, Not perversion. Can I say that? Not perversion. Not twisting his creation. Not turning it into something else. I always think, you know, when we've... When we've come to the point in our society where we believe that we don't have enough and we have to twist it or reconfigure it in order to garner satisfaction from it, it becomes perverted. That's a clear sign that we are overreaching. It's a clear sign of overreach. And it's a clear sign that we have denied the creator and accepted only uh, our own thoughts and desires. And I'll talk a little bit about that as we go through this. But um, clear sign of that um is in um the denial of god which is what we see today we don't we, we see an absolute outright denial of of god and so everybody wants all of the good things that that life has to offer but they don't realize that god created all of this he created all of it everything that is seen in one of these days we're going to stand before him and everybody is going to come face to face with the creator and he's going to prove the point He's like no, no i created all of that that's mine it's all mine. And no matter how you twist it, it still goes back to him. And so that's the, that's the thing and uh, the realization that we have to realize as Christians. It's like, I have a reverence for God, but it even brings up more of a reverence when I pay attention to what he created, how he created it, because it, it points to his greatness. It points to his creativity, but it also it also takes my pride and it beats it up quite a bit. It takes any kind of ego or arrogance or any kind of thought that I may have created a life for myself or may have done something myself or or accomplished something myself that I I can say, this is my own. No, it always goes back. Trace it all back. It goes to him. It's like, really, I mean, you put it in perspective. It's like you're stripped of everything, which is a good thing. You really kind of need to have that mentality. I don't have anything without you. I don't have anything without you. He wants us to enjoy life, but not at the the cost of a relationship with Him. Okay, let's move to our scriptures, page two. Thank you, Jesus, Haley, go ahead.
1: Genesis one In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God called the space sky, and evening passed, and morning came, marking the second day. God called the dry ground land, and the water sea, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant, and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And this is what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So, God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Build the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish and the sea, the birds and the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God looked over all He had made, and He saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. 2 1. So, the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of
0: creation. Thank you. All right. Part 1. God made heaven and earth. The first verse of the Bible is one of the most familiar. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible speaks of God's existence as an undeniable fact. Never questioned nor argued. So we, that's the first aspect of, of Genesis, is that that it's an undeniable thing that God is just there. And that's probably one of the that's that's one of those mind blowers. It's like, what do you mean He was just there? It doesn't make any sense. Well, let me let me read on here. Let me get to a point. It says, further, there is only one God, not the collection found in non-Christian religions. When God created the world no other god was formed to compete with him god is eternal with no beginning no end all right that's where it gets kind of wild right because you're like wait a second no beginning and no end what does that mean well here's the thing you and i exist within time right we exist within time and the reason we know this is because things decay when things decay, that's proof that you live within time. You live within time frame. Everything around you has a beginning and has an end. Everything. Because you exist within time. God does not exist within time. He created time. Oh, man, that's It's like wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're just you're going too far. Think think about his vastness. Think about his his largeness. Think about how big he is. Think about the creativity that went into that. It's like I, he exists outside of time. We exist within t- in time, but we only exist within the very thing that He created. Yeah. It's like whoa. And so, if, if God wanted to, this is why this is why um, God dealt with me about this a long time ago, and I didn't really understand it when He was dealing with me about it. I didn't really understand what was going on. When I was a kid, I really was intrigued by time travel. And I was intrigued by the possibility of it. What if you go forward? And what if you could go backwards? God would, as, as I become a Christian and I got older, God began to deal with me about it. And I was like, why are you, why does that even matter? And he showed me, he said, because I created time. That's perversion. That's mine. You don't. You can't take my creation and turn it. And it was really like a solemn moment. I was like, I didn't even realize that. I didn't realize that that's what's actually happening is this perversion of well, if we don't like it, we'll just go back and change it. Well, God created time not to be that way. Yeah. And so, I mean, if God wanted to have done that, He would have gained, give you access to it. But He didn't. He's like, I'm going to create time, and you're going to live within it. And it always goes. It's uh, linear. It's one direction. You have to go in this direction. And so, He's the Creator of time. So He He has no beginning and no end. I'm sorry. Go ahead just a long, if you would just
2: think about the intricate systems that actually want to create time, but He created the true intricate system, the revolving orbit, the yeah. totally intricate to the most minute degree for everything to work precisely. Right. Even for yeah. time, maybe.
0: <clears throat> Exactly.
2: I, li- I was listening to a, uh, I guess we call him a genius, you know, the, the well-versed, well no. sure he was an atheist and he said i'm going to prove the bible wrong well just in this right here he become a christian because he started to realize how precise and intricate everything in the orbits and the galaxies are in order to even operate right he said that's got to be a creator not just a big bang so he's christian today just because of what you're talking
0: one about one thing just just uh, uh objectable facts yeah. can't can't deny it so he's like well there's got to be a creator right I mean, and even I've, I've heard some similar stories of fact checkers checking into it and saying, well, I mean, I tried, but the truth of it is if, if it's created like this, there's no way in the world it could be done by accident. It was divine. That's a good, good point. So uh, the beginning in Genesis 1, 1, 1 to the moment God choo- chose to create the material world. He existed prior to all things and is greater than all things. Amen. Um, and it, if, if I can just throw this in there um cr- a creator is always greater than his creation Are you with me a creator is always greater than his creation this is why overreaching ai becomes a perversion you should not be dabbling in creating things that have the potential to be smarter than the creation than the creator that's that's a perversion that's not correct and so some people say, ah, no, no, it's not a, that's not a big deal. Listen, when, when they start trying to create an eye that has the capacity to think more intricately, faster, and better than you, we got a problem. I'm not even ta- talking science fiction anymore. These are the things that I watched when I was, I watched 80s movies when I was a kid growing up. And those were things of science fiction, they were funny and they were thought-provoking, and we were just like in all of them, but they were not even, a, not even a, a, on the table to actually do them. Now I'm listening to these robots have conversations with each other, and they're making leaps in the technology every six to 12 months, massive leaps. So far ahead that it just completely blows my mind, and people are gonna laugh it off, but I'm gonna tell you, that is some dangerous stuff.
2: Yeah. Totally human configuration.
0: yeah look just like a human that's disturbing that should disturb you that's perversion we're taking something that God has, has given to you and I to create things and then we pervert it by giving it life we're not the life giver he's the life giver so even as a kid you know I thought this stuff was so cool oh man that's cool but as I got older I once again grew convicted it's like that's perversion you don't give life to something I give life. I'm the one that gives it. So like, well, we can procreate, not without him. So anyway, that's a, that's another subject. We'll get to that. God created in, uh, he created in stages. He first brought forth the earth as formless and empty. Some divide the six days of God's creative work in this way. Days one through three are days of forming the earth that was yet formless. Days four through six are yet uh, are days of filling the earth that was newly formed but yet empty all three members of the trinity were present it's very important to pay attention to the holy spirit is pictured like a bird hovering above the waters we also know god the son was involved we know this you'll see this in just a minute god created everything through him and nothing was created except through him john 1 3. so the trinity was present right this has been proven by scholars they're like this is who he was referring to he's referring to the the, uh the three and, and I know some people, everyone's got a different thought on it, and, and I understand that. But I think it's, some people say, well, there, there's three, but they lean more towards the one. Biblically, listen, biblically, there are three distinct individuals. I, I'm telling you this because you need to know it. Three distinct individuals. The Father, God the Father, the Son who was sent to die for you, and the Holy Ghost which is here right now. It's very important that you understand they are three. Yes, they are one, but they are three distinct. This is the Godhead. This is the Trinity. Please study it sometime. It's also very eye-opening to to understand that we are dealing with three separate individuals. Three separate individuals. It will change. I'm telling you, it'll change your perspective because I used to lean towards the one. Well, it's it's all God though. It's all God. We just lean towards the one. I I lean towards the three now because they are three distinct I'm filled with the Holy Ghost under speaking in tongues that's not a I don't even know how to say this correctly you're not gonna that's not a product of Jesus per se that's a product of the Holy Ghost Jesus said I have to leave so he can come three distinct individuals does that make sense? I mean, if you understand the Godhead, it, it, it all begins to make more sense. I'm sorry, I just got off on a trail. <laughs> okay, um, God spoke and it was done. First, he created light which supports life on earth. Light reversed the darkness which covered the waters and made visible the other works of God's creation. God recognized that the light he had created was good. The light separated from darkness. Even before the sun, moon, and stars were created. Think, wait a second, what do you mean? before the sun was created there was light he's the creator of the concept of light that is what ought to blow you away right there because we're just we're just kind of programmed to think about the sun well the sun is what offers the light well he created the light before he ever created the sun (laughs) it's like you don't you can't touch anything he's done you can't even get your hand on it and so He's created all of these things, and he says, I created light before there was ever a thing to be light. It's like a kind of like a... um, See if I even say anything like this. If I even make an example, it lessens what he's done. It's like a a scientist in a lab that creates something, and then he goes and puts it to work. God had created light before he created the sun. He's like, that's going to be light, and that's going to be darkness. And now I'm going to create a sun, and I'm going to create the earth in in the way it's going to turn... And it's going to bring light darkness light and darkness that's how i'm gonna do it i'm just i i just i way we're way away do you when you start reading about creation don't you start to feel smaller 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 and you just, we don't even comprehend what he's doing okay so um on the second day god separated the waters from the sky the clouds from the waters on the earth the word heaven is used in several ways referring to the earth's atmosphere to the space occupied by the stars or to the realm of God himself. Where, does, where is heaven exactly? We don't really know. Somewhere outside of time, I assure you. Somewhere outside of time. We don't know exactly where it's at. You could say it's in the ether somewhere. I Really, I mean, if, all things considered, I don't really care. I just want to know that it exists. And the fact that it exists is enough for me. All right. so God created a habitat for animals and humans on the third day by creating areas of land and sea he also caused the land to produce a variety of trees and other plants which could reproduce their own kind (laughs) on the fourth day God created the lights in the sky which governed day and night their movements enabled humans to create a system to record the events of their own lives in history on a larger scale what order God provided in this act of creation we created stars right we and it's not that's not we're not talking about the astrology for um, for bad, but the, there were many men of God that used the star systems to understand history and to understand things that were coming. What about you guys familiar with blood moons? So so we're familiar with that. This, this, those are uh, biblical events that we watch for. He did that on purpose, so you could see the things that were coming and the things that were passing. I think that's fantastic. Part two, God made living creatures. On the second day of creation, God put space between the waters of the earth and those of the heavens. On the fifth day, he created living things for the sea and sky. God wanted the heavens to swarm with life. Or the, I'm sorry, heavens. I said heavens, oceans. God wanted the oceans to swarm with life, and the skies were filled with flying creatures, including insects. God mandated these creations in sea and sky to have offspring. The command to be fruitful and multiply was a form of blessing, also used later in the book of Genesis. We have, um, we, one of the boys got a snorkel or something, and so we're all like on the shoreline, and the waves are smashing into us, and I'm trying to pay attention. I've got this thing on my face, and I'm looking through, and some of the tiniest living things moving, and I'm thinking, "What, what, what was that? And in the moment that I wondered what it was, it was gone. And it just steaming with life. And and uh, the boys were zapped a couple times by jellyfish. Small ones. But zapped nonetheless. At first we thought they were lying. And they, we were like, you didn't get hit by no jellyfish. And they come out of the water and they had whelps on them. And I was like, oh, okay. You really did get hit. <laughs> the, the the life that God created and the things that he created uh, were just, it, it's astounding. It just, I Couldn't quite grab it. You can't grasp it all when you start considering all of creation. Uh, God had created plant life to, uh, to reproduce its own kind. He gave the same ability to the animal kingdom and to the human race. What is that? The ability to reproduce, the reproductiveness. In his work of replicating life on earth, God not only commands, he also gives all forms of life he has created, the ability they need to produce generation after generation of the same kind. Reproduction is God's idea, right? Amen. Reproduction is God's idea. Now we've come a long way with technology to assist situations, to uh, to help. And this is where I believe this is where I believe that it is okay for technology to to help and aid when something has uh, went wrong with the man or the woman in order to bring together the reproductive process, basically something went wrong, but we can help you attain the natural process in order so you can continue to reproduce. I think that's an okay thing. And I think God created doctors that have the ability to do that. It's another thing entirely for a man to have a child. Are you with me? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's, that's That's an entirely different thing. Once again, that's when we overreach... And it becomes perverted. That's not, That's we have no business even interfering that. That's blasphemous and a slap in God's face. You can't do that without ramifications. Because what God has done, there will not be a substitute and he won't allow that. He won't, he won't allow it. It's a precious thing to me. I've, I've got five beautiful children. And I love my children, and I know you love your children too, and they're beautiful to you. They're beautiful, perfect, in every way possible. There can be no substitute for the reproductive process. Man cannot do that, and once man tries to interfere and to turn it into something else, it becomes perverted. It becomes something that's not God's (laughs) idea. It's it's become our idea, and that's that's not a safe thing. Having made all sorts of plants, sea creatures, and birds, God created the land animals on the sixth day. Note God's work on the third day, the provision of dry land and the vegetation that it supports. In the sixth day, wherein God made the animal and human life to benefit from it. So he's bringing in animals now, and he's bringing in vegetation, which we partake of, right? He was like, I'm going to... Uh, he's, he's, you know, going to create man. And so he's like, I need something to sustain them. They need something... This is what i always thought was interesting this is why i still think this is interesting today so he's the creator of all vegetation and all plant life right so when there were judgments and people rejected god what usually happened famine what was that sign what was the sign well the sign was they were rebellious to god but there was something else he literally took the gift away fine i'll take away the vegetation it's mine now, how do you feel? You don't like that too much, huh? Remember, I created the vegetation, and I say whether it lives or dies. Mm-hmm. That just blows my mind. And I don't really care. I mean, think you got to understand something about nutrition and the way nutrition works, too. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, they've gotten kind of smart, and they can create products that are food-like. Yeah. If, if you ever wonder, read the ingredient list on things that you think are real. Cheers some of that stuff ain't real. If it's not real, it doesn't yield proper nutrition for you to survive correctly. It doesn't. You say, well, I, you know, I know so-and-so and they live off Doritos and, and Takis.
1: <laughs> Listen,
0: it's not gonna be long before something's gonna start happening and their body's gonna break down. You have to have a sufficient amount of nutrition and it's proven that it only comes from plant life, plants that, vegetation, vegetables that you can eat, and vegetables that you put in your mouth, chew up, swallow, and let the digestion glean the nutrients from it. I'm no no doctor, but I've studied this like ridiculously large in large amounts. You have to eat your food and digest it in order for you to be healthy. If any of that process is messed up, if the food is messed up and contaminated if the digestion process is messed up if you've got problems in your the lining of your intestinal tract it can't absorb the nutrients and it's even worse when you don't you eat food that has no nutrients so god controls it all i'm gonna let me get you and i'll get past you. go ahead
2: it's amazing how <coughs> twisted and far away we've got from the root of what's good for us oh i know it you know we look at uh
1: and people are just confused. They're like, I
2: don't know what's wrong with my health. It's just
0: falling away. I right. eat good, five meals a day. You know everything, <laughs> but it, it comes right back to the basics. Yes, I mean, simple water, for instance. Oh man, yeah. No, that's not distilled water, not altered water. Right, it's straight up pure water. They're I just got. Better. I just started. De- i had another dehydration episode the other day because I have a problem drinking plenty of water due to the fact of um, I don't get thirsty. So I have to constantly maintenance myself on a continual basis. And you don't think about what you're drinking until you get dehydrated and you can't think straight. Yeah, I mean. It'll go quick.
2: You know, what you're talking about, the very thing that plagued the globe for over two years now was a manipulated virus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tinkered with by man, and look yeah. what it's
0: done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: still done. Yeah. Yes. Back. Old sheep to retrieve the cell, manipulated that cell. What they didn't know after Dolly was born, she was already seven years old. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, yeah. just think about the advancements now. What they're probably experimenting with? Oh yeah, that would lead to more disasters.
0: Yes, you can already, you it can already.
2: have to be a family, It can be a, a created disaster in itself. In what they're trying to do
0: when it becomes a possibility to manipulate the hair color and eye color of your child before they're born. That's problematic. Yeah. yeah, the sex of the child—that's uh, problematic. That's perversion, and it's real. Scary.
2: Yeah. One thing leads to another, then that leads no. to
0: another. Yeah, That—I don't know if many of you know about this, but that reminds me of eugenics and Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Eugenics was like the, the creation of like the perfect human being. That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to accomplish that. Basically, what they've done is they are doing the same thing now. They just rebranded it. They don't call it eugenics because my gosh, you'll figure that out. Just do some history homework. They just rebranded it. They put it under a different name and come about it in a different way. They 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 sophisticated the act of eugenics to turn uh, to to quote unquote get a perfect race. Well, look what happened to Hitler. You know, obviously that didn't go so well. Uh, it's never a good idea to overreach your bounds and to step into a place of perversion. Okay, I'm sorry. I, we got to keep going. Um, the animals God created are divided into three categories. First, the livestock or cattle are the larger grass-eating animals which humankind soon domesticated. This class may also—he owns the cattle on a thousand hillside, right? Amen. He owns them. He created them. This this reverts back to this point right here in Genesis. He's like, "These cattle are mine. I own those. I created all of that. You don't eat unless I say so." I mean, it's it's really amazing and breathtaking because we think well those, those are those are my cattle you know or or I raised those it's like no no you didn't God just gave you access to them they're His it's like you're playing on borrowed time I mean seriously and I can't I don't have time to get into the food aspect of it because we can talk about cattle but... what was that
2: who let it can let not
0: yeah right exactly yeah he can he can he can change things. what what are we dealing with right now? Everybody's been talking about this. I do want to talk about this just briefly because I may miss it. Um, we're talking about like a, a famine in our own country yeah. not being able to access certain things and certain foods and um, and we think that's impossible. You know my cabinets are full. I'm good if you, If some of you have been lo- noticing recently maybe certain products, you go to the store and you're like the shelf is gone. It's like it's there. I've even asked before for uh, a particular product. I'm like, where is that now? So we don't carry that no more. What do you mean you don't carry that no more? So how, do, how does that happen? Well, a lot of it is because these things are shipped from overseas. And the overseas tensions are so great right now uh, due to our administration. Um, <laughs> but because, because we have all these major tensions now, they've shut down some of the deliveries and we're not getting these things. Um, on another note, it's really difficult when you live in a country that imports most of its goods yeah. Yeah. because it doesn't take long to throw a, a monkey wrench in that system and if we're not, if, if America doesn't repent and recognize God as Lord and the creator of the heaven and earth and stop dabbling and perverted and sinful things, See, God's, what is he doing? He's like, I'm, I'm giving you warning signs. I'm going to pull this. I'm going to pull it. Line up. I'm going to pull it. You better recognize. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to produce you know, or recreate something. Because we, we always, we, isn't it weird, though, how we trust in ourselves so much that we think, no, we're good. No, we're, we're all right. Uh, do your homework on famines. You might be good for a week. You know, you know most people don't have enough groceries to last a couple days. Like literally, you don't have enough groceries to go a couple days. Maybe you got a week supply. Maybe you got two weeks supply. Maybe you got a month or two. Maybe you got them cabinets stacked up. A famine could go on for years, yeah, right now. You can forget your supply. I mean, I've I've worked pretty hard on my supply. I got five kids to feed. So you know I got to I'm going to make sure my I got to make sure my kids are fed. But it's gonna last for so long. And that's it. It's out. I mean I'm not naive enough to think that somehow you can get away. It's like I can outsmart this system. I can beat the famine. No, you can't. You can't beat it. When God says I've had enough, God says I've had enough. And everybody suffers. Amen. Well ain't nothing you can do about the drought. That's yeah, have been drought. in one
2: for several years now, and it's getting worse. Yeah. And and things are gonna keep getting worse because People to turn away from God. Yep. Yeah. And that's that's the that's whole That's all there is to it. That's that.
0: it. Yeah, it's disobedience, Jim, and that's a good point. Okay, let me let me keep going. Um, did I get? To, are we in section three? Okay, we're fixing to start section yes. three. I'm sorry. <laughs> in the last and most important act of creation, God made humanity. Although He had commanded the earth, the sea, and the sky to be filled with plant and animal life, He used personal language. Let us make regarding humanity states uh, verse 27 states three times that god created us so then it gets it it's um it's meant to be taken literal and it's meant to be taken intimately it's like now we're going to get down to some fine work here i thought you know the old saying he saved the best for last he he created the um he created the infrastructure first now, this, if, you, if you understand how that is, I mean, it's like when you build a house. You start from the ground and you build up. You put the pipe, the plumbing in, you get the foundation laid, you get all those things done first, and then the family moves in. It's exactly what God did with you. He said, I've got to get the infrastructure fixed first. We've got to get all the plumbing. We've got to get the waters done. we got to get the sun. we got to get those systems worked out. And now that we've got all that done, now we're going to bring in man. And I'm going to create him, and I'm going to stick him in what I've created. That's some amazing stuff. It's amazing. So, um, God created human beings in his image and likeness. These terms both indicate that we are a reflection of God, but not a duplicate. Obviously not. Humanity is the only part of creation that God refers to in this way. This forms the basis of God's command that human life must be honored and protected. Right? We, we protect human life. We protect it. It's not a... It's not, <laughs> it's not a women's rights issue. It's a human's rights issue. You with me? Yeah. It's not a women's rights issue. It's a human's rights issue. This is about human life and the protection of it. So God's image appears first in our spirituality. Humans are the only life form with the potential to relate to God, although sin made salvation necessary for this to happen. Yeah, we we get a little leverage and we blow it immediately (laughs) we also see in his image in our ability to think reason and create this is this is what i this is what i personally believe is more relatable to when he said let us make man in our image not necessarily two legs two arms and a torso and maybe that's true but i'm not i don't believe it's necessarily referring to that as much as it is is your ability to think, reason, and create. Because uh-huh. everything that you have all comes from him. So, yeah. so his ability to think, reason, and create, if you have the ability to think, reason, and create, this is what uh, being in his image is. And this is why we're actually held accountable. Um, even Christians are uh, held accountable for idle words, right? Yeah, Held accountable for the the... The thoughts that we allow to, to think in our mind. You think, why are we accountable for those things? Because these are facilities that God gave us. That was his creation. He said, I gave you the ability to reason and to think. And you went off and perverted the thing. You went off and done all this crazy stuff with it. And I gave that to you so you could live a good life that served me. And you went and you you distorted it. Okay, so. And it's planned for us to rule over... All other life is a reflection of that power. God's creation of people in two genders is recorded in Genesis 1 Later in Genesis 2 18 25, the full account of man and woman and the marriage between the two is explained, which is where we get our basis for um, a man and a woman coming together in forming a union. One man, and one woman. Obviously, we know, I'm not going to, I don't have to rehash it. This is where we're at today, where you say, well, you know, it used to be the, the, how do I say this, the argument was homosexuality. Which it still is, but we've actually surpassed that in craziness and all perversion. We've surpassed it. It's gone past that now. And so now it's about, I'm going to convert to this and you convert to that, and we'll see if we can make this person have a child and and all these other crazy crazy things and do you think that God is proud of these kind of things no. these are things that this is this is the kind of stuff that brings the wrath of God now I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and because it's kind of a long story I don't have time to sit here and really hash this whole thing out as to talking about um that this may be like the because it's easy for us to look at like the perversion of this and think it's y'all's fault that this thing is falling apart. It's kind of that's kind of a loaded thing, and I always judgment begins in the house of God, right? And so I want us to all be careful when we look at these type of things and we see the perversion of it. Yes, God does not approve of these things, but I always look at the accountability of the church first, first, before we ever start looking at someone else's life and deciding whether that's wrong or right. We have to be right first, correct? We have to be right in order to judge someone else's fruit. You gotta even understand what fruit is. <laughs> you can look at someone else's. And so I-, I want us to understand though, it's it's equally bad when we look at this and we think it's just the most awful thing. That that right there is gonna bring the judgment of God on us. I'll tell you what's even that's along the same lines as that is practicing sin and coming into church and acting like it doesn't exist. That's that's pretty bad because we should know better, right? We should know better. You could say that, we could assume, you could assume, say, well, these people know and they just chose to go that way. Some of them just simply don't know. They don't get it. They don't understand it. So we make sometimes we make false assumptions, even as Christians. How did they get that way? Well, they made a, obviously a set of bad decisions. Well, they're they're mocking God, yeah. But how much worse is it that you know that you're mocking God and we still do it, and we come still coming to church with sin? I don't know. I think we're flirting with some more dangerous stuff there. That's why judgment begins in the house of God. So I'm I'm saying that to make sure that we stay awake on the right matters. I'm still going to stand for I still stand for husband and wife. Uh, so stand for the family, um, but I'm not going to be so quick to judge someone else and to say, well, if they get their act together, everything would just be so much better. No, church needs to get its act together first. That's the truth. Church needs to be the first ones to take the fall. And that's just the way it is. That's the way it is. That's biblical. Okay. As he had for the other forms of life, God gave humanity a blessing and a mandate to multiply. His command to fill the earth, multiplication, right? We come back to that again. Multiplication is his idea. That was the way he created it from the very beginning. You fill the earth. You create. I was talking uh, to someone about this the other day, and um, I mentioned some statistics in here not too long ago. And if you've ever, um, if you've ever looked into, like the, the Christian faith is like, it has been the most dominant faith uh, in the United States for quite some time. It's been the ruling thing. I think it's like 20, it's 2022, I think it's like 2045 or something, somewhere around in there, that Christianity no longer is the number one faith, the, the Muslim faith is. And the reason that the Muslim faith begins to to overtake is because they're having more children than we are. And this is, what, uh, this is hard for people to swallow, because what we've done in our society is we've become so success-driven. We've become so success-driven and focused that people don't want to have families no more. I hear from kids now, I don't want to have any kids. Why would I want to have kids? This is crazy. Crazy world, bring kids into this mess? Listen, if you don't, it's going to be a real mess. Seven to, one. Seven to one. Okay, and I think that's I think that's accurate. I mean, the, the the amount that that they're having versus what we're having, or at least what we call the so-called Christian faith, they we're we're not having a lot of reproductiveness in our area. Actually, of all people to say this, I actually heard this. Uh, Elon Musk said this. Yeah. Of all people,
2: <laughs>
0: and 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 he said, you know, we have an, actually a population problem. And they were like, oh, no, no, we don't. He said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we've got a population problem. And he said, uh, give it 40 years, and we're going to have a mad population issue. <clears throat> he said, because all of the, the people that were having children are going to die. And all the people that didn't want to have children are going to be left. And there's not going to be anyone left. So he said, it's actually kind of, it's, it's a bit scary to think about where we'll be in 100 years like possibly non-existent so think about the ramifications of not obeying God's command when he said I want you all to replenish and and produce go go do it and we're like yeah I don't really have time for that children are hard yeah Amen. amen amen it's rough it's rough raising kids but what's the alternative the alternative is is that if we don't do that part and raise them in the fear of the Lord, then what's going to be left? What's going to be left? I know you talk about leaving a legacy. I'm not so concerned about leaving. When you talk about leaving like something for your kids, something for your family. Yeah, I, I think that it's tempting to say I'd love to leave money to my kids, but I think the most important thing that you can leave to your children is knowledge and the fear of the Lord. That they get it. Before you die. Because if they don't get it, and your generation passes, they're left without. They're not going to go in that direction. And so, uh, reproductiveness to fill the earth is a very important thing. Um, if 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 you have any doubts about that, look what happens in the millennial reign. I'll just say that. Along with multiplication, God gave human beings capacity to govern or rule over other forms of life. This capacity must be used to display God's glory, not to spoil His creation. As with all the tasks given, uh, God gives to us, we are accountable to Him for their quality and completion. Amen. God gave a great variety of plant life to His human and animal creation for food. In some cases, the leaves are eaten, in others, the seeds, and still others, the fruit. Genesis 1.31 declares God's work, including humankind, as very good. This stamp of perfection sets the stage for the contrasting uh, entrance of sin and evil in Genesis 3. Creation was complete. God ended his work, not because he was tired, but because his work was finished. God set day seven, which we know is what? Sunday. It's a Sabbath. Sabbath Sabbath day. Sabbath day of rest. Set aside as a day of rest and worship. Um, I referred to this back a couple weeks ago and my dad being a truck driver and him telling me that you know Sundays used to be days where the highway was all to yourself because everybody was resting or uh at church it was just a, he said like 30 years ago it was a totally different environment and now he said Sunday looks no different than any other day Sunday looks at no different than any other day on the interstate on, on 35 he said I've traveled 35 for so many years he goes I've watched that thing get grow and grow and grow and grow to where I couldn't tell a difference. He said, now everyone's hyper busy. Everyone's hyper busy. They're always doing things. So, and I don't have time to get into this because I'm totally out of time. But the point that I want to <coughs> make is that the Sabbath is still important. Yeah, yeah, the Sabbath is still important to, to reverence and worship the Lord. But do you understand that he wanted you to rest? Yeah. Like literally rest. Like Stop working stop being busy and just rest it's like sometimes we feel sometimes some of you and I don't know maybe maybe you'll deny this and probably will we, we take a nap and we feel guilty for taking a nap yeah. and forbid anybody ask us what we're doing we sure don't tell people we took a nap like that's like forbidden like you if you tell you feel like you've like told somebody some major Wrong if you said, "Well, I was just doing a little bit of napping." It's like, what is the problem with resting, and why has our society become so ingrained with this idea that if I'm not busy, I'm not in the in crowd? We got to get away from that.
2: That's wild, man. If you think about it, you know what we just comparing to ways created things and the dynamics of it, and then we come to the Sabbath, and it's a lot of times just cruised over like, "Oh yeah, I hear it, but I don't, I don't
0: hear you." Right. But uh, I mean. Good point, it by it. yeah, by continuing to That's a hard do, one to yeah, it is. That's a hard one to swallow, it really is. Uh, good point. I'm out of time, guys. God bless you. Thanks.